0: was on that team. And Lofo Tatupo is the host of the Believe in Seahawks podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He's a former three-time Pro Bowl linebacker, and he's co-founder of Zone In CBD. We'll talk to him about that, football, life, and more. A fun conversation on the way right now with Lofo tatupo here on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. Lofo, welcome back, man.
1: Hi, guys. How you doing?
0: All is well. It's good to hear from you again and Super Bowl week must be a uh, uh a time for you that kind of brings back all those memories of what could have been, right? You played there. What was that? Your rookie year, you get to the Super Bowl?
1: Yeah, it was. It was. It was a great year and then it just brings back a bunch of horrible memories. But uh yeah, let's no, I'm just Hey, <laughs> it it, what happened happened, you know? It was uh you made peace with it when you uh you know, you say, hey, it was some things that were just beyond our control. and i'm not I'm not pointing at the reps, but I'm not not pointing at the reps.
0: <laughs> you know, thirteen and three, you go to the Super Bowl that year. and then, of course, like I said, you know, you guys made it to the playoffs the next couple of years, but you don't get back. But like when people talk about when you're a young player and you make it to the Super Bowl that early that sometimes you you know, it's like, oh, we're gonna do this every single year. Did that ever set into you like, we got to the Super Bowl. We're going to do this all the time.
1: You know, I did have a little bit of, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to call it ignorance or being a little naive because I was a rookie going to the Super Bowl, and that just came off of two straight national championships at USC. So I thought for a little while that I was like, Yo, this is just how I'm going to play the rest of my career," and um, you know, sadly mistaken. But it was—it's uh, tough to keep the nucleus of a great team together in in any major profession professional sport because um you know as you know the team continues to win guys start to get plucked from that roster and i think there was nothing bigger than, than us losing steve hutchinson the next year um to to really that that you know dampened our our chances of continually getting past the divisional and on to the NFC super and the Super Bowl NFC championship and the Super Bowl
0: you know it's interesting because i see so many parallels between what happened to you guys and what's going on here in philadelphia you go to a super bowl 13 and 3 now you didn't win that super bowl the eagles happened mm-hmm. to but the next year 9 and 7 then you're 10 and 6 and then crash 4 and 12 and you just talked about how hard it is to maintain that and at what point did you see Man, this team is starting to kind of, we're losing it a little bit.
1: Well, you know, it was tough. I mean, everyone deals with injuries, but I think in home runs last year, because we did, we still, we went, I think, nine and seven, like you said, 10 and six. And then that last one, four and 12, had about 20, I think it was like a league record at the time. It was like 21 or 22 guys on IR um, on top of losing guys each year uh, in free agency. And you got to really, you got to hit in the draft. And that's what it comes down to. And I think, Kind of what we're seeing with the the Seahawks now, these days, after losing the Super Bowl in 14, they've continually hit in in the draft. And it really hasn't been too many free agent signings that's been like, oh, man, this is like really saved their or salvaged their season or, or the dynasty, if you will. They've hit in the draft. And I think it's really what you have to do. And I think we, we missed a couple of years there.
0: By the way, does it sound familiar? He talked about that 4 and 12 team with all the injuries. How many Eagles were on the uh, injured list? 25, something like that. It was it was yeah. ridiculous. You can't overcome those kind of injuries it seems like.
1: No, that you're already <laughs> it's hard enough when you're healthy uh to repeat <laughs> as champions and um you know, because especially when you win it like like the like the Eagles did a couple of years ago, the target's on your back. Everybody's giving you the best shot. You know, you were the champs and they want to knock you off. And so they're, you're getting everybody's best shot. So um, it's just another one of those things that you have to deal with, with the, when the injury bug hits. What's it like
2: being in the moment in that big game? Because sometimes when I watch, whether it is the Super Bowl or the College Basketball National Championship, it's almost like the game is so big that it doesn't even feel like a game anymore. And I know that might sound ridiculous, but it seems like the lights are so big. I don't know if I get the same vibe watching it, but in the moment, what is it like?
1: No, I agree. I I, I feel the same way. You know, the, the National Championship was long and drawn out like a performance rather than just a game. And, um, so you have to literally, you have to be in the moment, you have to zone in, if you will. And, uh, so the more you can just be there and, you know, be in each play because, you know, things are going to happen. I remember, um, you know, what was it, Oklahoma, they went down and went 90 yards in the opening drive and we had to, you know, get huddled together just say, Hey, all right, this is what happened in coverage and just get back to being in the moment and, and owning that moment because otherwise it can be too big for you. And that's how you see some people, you know, lose, but I will say this you know, as the refs came out and said that, you know, they might have had an effect on the outcome of that game in the <laughs> Super Bowl. That that kind of, you know, gives us peace inside, knowing that it was things beyond our control.
0: Uh, Lofo Tatupo, three-time Pro Bowl linebacker, uh, played in the Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks. What do you remember about that week, though? Because, like, right now it's got to be so weird. As much as there's all this pomp and circumstance, these guys are kind of missing out on that.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, and I mean, I it's going to be ironic that the the one time a team actually has home field advantage, there's not going to be that many fans there. So, it's like, um, right. can you imagine playing,
0: getting to that level, Lofa, and playing in the Super Bowl and seeing a half-empty stadium? It's going to be bizarre.
1: It, it, it's going to be like preseason, I'd imagine. I mean, and it, it's it's I my I rec- I commend these guys because they've gone through the whole year. Um, you know, they're true professionals, true competitors, and they haven't had to rely on, you know, getting excited by the crowd noise and and those factors, but it's still got to be very bizarre, as you said, or different, um, you know, not having, you know, anybody in the stands or having, you know, like kind of like being like a college game at some, some venues. So it's, uh, definitely different. Um, what I remember from, from Detroit was it was snowing all week, um, yeah, oh. yeah, not too many
0: pleasant memories from that one. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So that game was the one that was in Detroit. My buddy had been in a fantasy football league and the winner got to go to the Super Bowl. There was like a thousand, you know, 5,000 entries. He won the whole thing and he's like, "They're sending me to Detroit." Great. Like the <laughs> the down of like having to be in Detroit for the Super Bowl, I guess is uh, not as glamorous as some of these other places, but Hey, it is what it is. I bet you that week, though, is something – there's probably stuff and questions that you got asked that you'll probably, you know, sometimes sit there and just laugh at.
1: Uh, yeah. No, it was – um. It's that's the thing, just like your buddy, right? Of all the places, he finally gets to go to the big game. It's not Arizona. <laughs> it's not L.A. It's not Miami. Uh, nowhere in Florida. He's going up to Detroit. And, I mean, it, literally, it snowed the entire week. Um. Yeah, I mean, I Jeez. guess the, Ro- the Rolling Stones played at halftime, but of course I didn't get to listen to them because I was you know, <laughs> going over adjustments. But I guess that would be the coolest thing that happened uh, in, that, in that Super Bowl.
2: That's hilarious. Now you experienced a ton of road games in your career and playing in Seattle with those fans and how loud it is. Is there any other spot on the road that feels that same type of intensity from
1: the fans? Yes. Um, Denver, Kansas City, and Philly. Um, Philly was my favorite place to play. They had. You're not just saying that, are you? No, they had a coordinated boo uh, system in place for when they announced teams. So, you know, when we came out, I think it was like 05 or 07, one of the games, and uh, we're like, hey, we're going to get announced as a defense. And, like, the buddy at the entrance was like, oh, no, you're not. And so (laughs) when they call your name, they're like middle linebacker from Southern California, Lofa Tatupu. The entire crowd joins in and says "suck," <laughs> and I mean, if that doesn't get you motivated to play on the road, then I don't know what will. So, no, I I, I enjoyed playing over there, and like, and they're rowdy, you know. Those are the kind of atmospheres you like to play in.
0: I, I you know, Seattle's such a cool place. I, I guess, what is the coverage like? You know, because here, like, all right, so Nick Siriani gets hired as the head coach the other day. He's an offensive coordinator in. Um, you know, Indianapolis. And I imagine they got like six people that interview him or talk to him throughout the course of the week. In Philly, he had like 67 reporters sitting on a Zoom call waiting to ask him questions. Like, the co- what, you know, like how different the coverage is in certain areas than it is like, say, here in the Northeast.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think Seattle gets enough credit. You know, I mean, uh, not just East Coast bias or whatever it may be, but, it, you know, there's a reason that, that Russell Wilson has not gotten one MVP vote in his entire career. And I think that's, you know, just because, like you're saying, the coverage and the, the amount of exposure. So, um, but, you know, we, we love the media out here. We love the, uh, the fans. Man, it's, it's really an advantage. And it's, uh, it's one that I know had to give other teams confidence coming in here um, especially maybe even the Rams with the starting a quarterback that never played, he started one previous game the week before, and uh he didn't make it through the whole game. But you know, Goff not having to deal with that noise is probably why they were able to come out of here with the win.
0: By the way, Goff, of course, traded over the weekend. What a monster deal that was, changed the whole complexion of that NFC West all of a sudden.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I don't I'm not sure who really wins in that, because both cap numbers are pretty outrageous uh for quarterbacks. But um I guess you know, getting Stafford, they think they're just that one piece away and they think that piece is the quarterback position. Um, at least that's what, you know, they're telling me with this trade. And, you know, Detroit, yeah, you get golf and you get those first rounds and then a future third. But, I mean, if, if it plays out the way the Rams want this to play out, those are going to be some late picks, potentially really look at early second rounders if the Rams get to where they expect to go. So, we'll, we'll see how it unfolds. But, um, yeah. NFC West just got a little more competitive, as always.
0: <laughs> uh, let me ask you, how many times in since 05, you played for 05 to 10, six seasons in the NFL, three of those seasons, you were a Pro Bowl-level player, um, and probably other seasons, too. But you were elected three times to the Pro Bowl. You were a hell of a player, by the way, and you said your favorite place to play was Philly. You had that night in Philly that I think you'll probably never forget where you were all over the place, interceptions, touchdowns. It was probably the night of your uh, pro career, but... How many times did you face Brady, and when you face Brady, are you on the field recognizing this guy's different?
1: I never got to face Brady. We played them 2009, 2008. They came here. Brady had torn his ACL, and then in 12, when we were supposed to play them here, I was – I was with Atlanta. I ended up getting hurt there too. So I missed – it's it's odd that you say that. I missed playing him both times. And then the two game or the three games we had against the Eagles, me and Donovan McNabb never squared off. Uh, he was hurt for two of the games at 05 and 07. And in 2008, I had a hamstring, and I was out when they came to town here. So – but, um, yeah, I can't imagine how, how hard it is to, to face Brady. Um, just – yeah, he's 43, and he's still doing it. I mean, so you imagine – the, the the intelligence and the the history of knowledge he has in terms of he's seen every defense. There's really nothing new you could throw at him. You just have to get to him up front, and I think that's the those are the Super Bowls in which he struggled or, or lost. I mean, the one he won against Atlanta, he had a great day throwing the ball coming back. But the two against the the Giants, it was that front seven and that front four especially that got after after him, uh, you know, in that run game.
2: Speaking of Tom Brady, when Tampa Bay went to Green Bay on the road for that playoff game, you know, everyone's talking about the weather there, the cold, and how it impacts the game. And uh, from your perspective, when you're a player and you do have to play in one of those freezing games, whether it's, you know, in Buffalo, I'm just spitballing the cold places. Is it that much of a factor? Or at some point, does your instincts just take over and you
1: play the game? I mean, it comes down to, I think, mental toughness in terms of, you know, like you, everybody's got to play in the same conditions. And luckily for me, I enjoyed it. I grew up in Massachusetts. I also played a year at University of Maine, and it snowed during our spring game. So cold was not a problem for me. I had a problem playing in the heat. I would overheat. Man, So I would cramp up, pull muscles. So everybody's different. But um, I think it comes down to just a mental toughness aspect is like – you know, we're out here to do a job. Your mind shouldn't be, you know, focused on, on the weather and, you know, because everybody's got to play in it regardless. And, you know, Tom, you know, he went to Michigan. I know he's a California guy, but he went to Michigan, then played, you know, 20 years in New England. So he's, he's no uh, stranger to the cold.
0: Lofa Tupo from the Believe Podcast Network. He's the host of the Believe in Seahawks and also uh, your company, Zone In CBD. I, I feel like you have such a great recollection of things. It's crazy. Like, you're just popping off years and guys that you played and didn't play against. You know, it, it's pretty amazing. And uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's all because of the CBD. It is a neuroprotectant, I will have you know, uh, which acts on the neurons in our brains. But, um Beyond that, yes. it's So, uh, all jokes aside, <laughs> CBD—it's uh, something. It's a journey I've been on for the last four and a half, five years. And you know, a year before even starting it, I had this life-changing—you know, really just lifestyle change—that a stubborn old dog like me, you know, old veteran of the NFL, you know, would not be looking for a lifestyle change. It just happened, and I think that's what's most powerful about it was it's real. You know, I was skeptical going in, but from uh, a, a mental perspective from a you know physical getting your your best health back and you know less inflammation better sleep all the things you hear about it it's true and it's uh, it's changed my life and from that I, uh, I spawned the company uh, Zone in CBD and uh, we're releasing a new product uh, probably two weeks from now and it's an energy a it's a pre workout slash energy mix fellas and um it's it's got me feeling like Bradley Cooper in Limitless (laughs) and also like Ronnie Coleman in the gym. So I can't wait for it to hit the market. And uh, if you guys give me the address, I'll send you some.
0: Awesome. We will uh, will talk to uh, your people and see if we can do that. Uh, I'm interested, like this game, I want to get your take as a defensive guy and a linebacker, and you're watching this game. You got Mahomes in that offense, which is just outrageous with all the speed and Andy Reid over there. But this Tampa Bay defense – I would imagine that you are, as a defensive player, very intrigued at what Tampa's defense looks like against this Kansas City team.
1: Yeah, we got a glimpse of it the last loss. Uh, was a week uh, eleven or twelve. These two teams squared off in Tampa Bay, and um, you know, it didn't get the first half didn't go the way Tampa would have liked. Um, Tyreek Hill had a you know a career day. I think had two hundred yards in the first quarter, but they made their adjustments as Todd Bowles will always do. He's a great coach and. um you know they they started giving a little more help over Tyreek and even Kelsey, and then they really slowed things down the second half. And it became a it became a one score game at the end. Uh, they just didn't get the stop. They didn't get Mahomes off the field in the final four minutes. So um, you know I expect uh, you know more of that second half game plan to come into play, and you know saying hey if you can run the ball on us you know with the seven man front go ahead. And uh, we'll see what happens. But we're not going to give up the 50-yarders that we were giving up in the first meeting in the first half. So um, I'm impressed with what no one's been talking about. It. I mean, Tom Brady had three interceptions in the last game against the Packers, and the defense went out there and got three stops. So it's incredible what they've been able to do. I, I'm a big fan of defense wins championships So <laughs> as a as an old defender. And uh, I've been really impressed by the way this kid Devin White's been playing can't believe he's only a second year linebacker. Yeah. Uh,
0: and, and we talked when you were on when Philly played, we were talking about how poor their linebacker play was and how the linebacking has changed in the NFL. When you watch that kid play, it kind of gets you excited about where linebacker play could come back.
1: Oh, absolutely. And then, hey, and I told you my man, Alex Singleton, cause yes. he, he was, he was a uh, diamond in the rough over there for, for the Eagles ended up with over hundred tackles. So I'm gonna give him a shout out because I always believed in this kid when we got him out of Montana state and, um, I'm expecting big things for him in the next few years, too.
0: Yeah, it, uh, he did he had a very solid season. In fact, the fans here are actually like, hey, they got the kid Singleton. Now they need to find another guy uh, next to him. We'll see what they do there. But, hey, uh, Lofo Tatupa, of course, uh, always great to catch up. He's host of the Believe in Seahawks on the Believe Podcast Network, three-time Pro Bowl linebacker, co-founder of Zone In CBD. That's his company, so check that out, everybody out there. And he, like all guests this week, appear via the boardwalk Honda Hotline and uh way to kick off the Super Bowl week with Lofa here. Lofa, we appreciate it. We will uh we'll pass that address stuff off to Cam.
1: Yeah, please do. All right, fellas. Hey, stay blessed.
0: You do the same. We appreciate you, man. Uh that's uh Lofo Tutupo. And uh he like all guests appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. I love having him on. He's such a high-energy guy, but man, I remember him playing, and he was such an amazing linebacker and that position that is just like so devalued he dominated games man well he, you brought up something interesting like i wonder if this new linebacker it's a different
2: version of the old school linebacker but i wonder if that position is is starting to slowly kind of come back in a different way though like the importance of how much it's value it it seems like it's starting to become more popular again not the same way as it was but it it got so devalued i think it's back on the uprise well
0: it depends because the league is so pass heavy, it's hard to have like. Well, it's a hybrid a, safety linebacker yeah. combination of them, but that's right.
2: Yeah, but they're starting to become more more popular. He I'd was
0: say. a big dude, though. I mean, people forget Lofa was 5'11, 250 pounds playing linebacker. These linebackers now are like 225. Yeah, that's insane. That's heavy hitting. Oh, that's heavy hit. And he could move, man. He could run, he could move. Uh, three-time pro baller, first-team All-Pro. I mean, he was a first-team All-Pro linebacker in 2007. That's basically saying you are the best in the entire league at that position. And at that time, that position was still highly valued. Yeah, he he definitely keeps
2: thinking about those referees, though, huh? Yes, I, w- I would, too. I mean, that's the biggest game of your career, and you get that type of call. It's, it's disappointing
0: now, stuff. In a game against the Eagles in 2007, I think this was the game – where uh it was the night they retired Reggie White's jersey. It was a Monday night football game, snowing outside. They beat the Eagles 42 to nothing in that game. I think he had like four sacks, three interceptions. I mean, he just absolutely wrecked havoc in a game against the Eagles that night. Seems like the Eagles had their finest. They were pretty uh bad at that point. I think that was the Vince Young played uh quarterback that night. Whoa. Nice, Whew, the good
2: times. Well, hopefully we don't see any of those type of games this upcoming Actually, year. Actually, it under-
0: would have been Vince Young in twenty in 07. Uh I mean, it was bad though. Yeah, it was it bad.
2: bad. Yeah, regardless,
0: it was bad. I'm,
2: I'm with you. Hopefully, we don't see any of that in the upcoming years here with Nick Sirianni. But I'm with you with the high energy stuff. He brings that energy. I like him. Yeah, I do as well. By the way, Gil, this new deal over at DraftKings is ridiculous right now. There is a golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter the DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. The top prize is $1 million. That would be nice. I don't think I'd be tipping my painter $1 million, though. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 973- When you sign up, must be 21 or older. New Jersey only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
0: A lot of love on the uh, message board for Lofo Lofo Titupo, who uh, was a great conversation. We'll have many conversations like this throughout the week. Guys that uh, played in the Super Bowl to tell us their Super Bowl stories. Ike Taylor will be one of them tomorrow. Also, uh, later on in the week, we will catch up with other guys like Ryan Leaf, Anthony Beck, Joe Valerio is a great story. He played for the Kansas City Chiefs, played for Joe with Joe Montana. He's got a really cool story. We've got plenty more for you all Super Bowl week long here on the Sports Bash Live. But coming up next, big game last night for Cork Korkmaz, and he will join us right here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. Gives the Sixers the lead. His fifth field goal is 13.107-106. And now the D, a 19-2 run over the last five and a half minutes. That was Tom McGinnis last night. You heard it here on 97.3 ESPN. Furkan Korkmaz with the big three there that gave the Sixers the go-ahead. After being down, he hit that, put him up a point, and they never relinquished it. And Korkmaz was a big factor late in that game. Scoring. In a variety of ways. Yeah, absolutely.
2: He was impressive to watch. He came up big with some big shots late, and that's what you need. You need guys to step up. You know, we were always asking the question, well, what if Embiid isn't doing it or this and that? Who's going to step up? Well, last night, it was Farca.
0: Going to keep doing it. We'll have to ask him. they will join us here in just a couple of minutes here on the Sports Pass Live on 97.3 ESPN. We'll talk to Sixers' swingman, I guess you would call him, guard forward. Burkhon Korkmaz. You know, Korkmaz, he looked like he was holding his hand last night.
2: Yeah, that looked uncomfortable. And I believe he still made a shot after that, right? Because that he was did. that was one made shot. Then he held the hand and he kind of grimaced a bit. And then he made a shot after that. So uh, yeah, that that definitely stood out to he me. He was down on defense and you can see him kind of holding it and kind of like, you know, you know maybe it was a jammed finger. Ooh, nothing worse than a basketball, unless you do the old tweak of the ankle, of course. But if the jammed finger,
0: that could be a, Painful. You know, we're tough sometimes on Maz and others. You know how old Maz is? My guess off the top
2: of my head would be 24.
0: Well, you know, you get a guy like Joel Embiid, and we're like, he's not ready, he's not ready, he's not ready. And now we're like, now he's ready. Ben Simmons, oh, he's still so young. Furkan's 23. 23. And he's been in the league for a couple of years now, so it makes it seem like he's been here for all these years. This is his fourth season in the league. He got into the league he was 19 years old. Yeah, and
2: I think that's because when we look at Embiid and Ben, you know, our our eyes go so wide because we're talking superstar. So it's funny how us as fans and and us as people who watch the sport and cover the sport is we change how we feel about the growing process based on what the limit is for these players. I think that's how I kind of read it because we know bench player,
0: we don't give like the same length of time to grow and groom right yeah. or wrong. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like when I just pulled that up and saw that Furkan Korkmaz 24 years old, I was kind of like, Whoa, I didn't even realize how young, uh, that he still is. And in fact, he's 23 years old. I actually gave him another year. So, uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Furkan Korkmaz with a nice game last night, but still very young, 23. came off the bench, 17 points, three three-pointers, a couple of rebounds, a couple of dimes. And uh, you saw him out there last night when the team was playing some scrappy defense. And he joins us now on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline as the Sixers win, and they do it for the big fourth quarter. And Furkan Korkmaz was a big part of it. Uh, Furkan, appreciate you jumping on board, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, and I know that – you know, you've been kind of trying to get yourself going and get yourself into a rhythm after missing some games. Last night, you seemingly had it. And, you know, how did you feel in that fourth quarter, you know, when the team seemingly was out, down and out, what kind of changed and what kind of happened?
3: You guys know also, uh, on the road, it's not easy to win any games. It doesn't matter who you play. And especially yesterday when Joe was not playing, uh, that was a really a challenge for us, uh, I think everybody was aware of it, and then we pulled, you know, we were down by 20, which is a, a big lead for Indiana. But and then when we started playing on defense, we got that confidence from defense, and then on the offense, we just start to move better, make some shots, and then everybody made some big plays to win the game. That was important. Yeah,
0: and you made some big shots. You were 6-12 on the floor, but the three-pointers, you hit that one to give them the lead. Do you know when you're feeling – because you start just getting to these rhythms where you just start like, the b- the bulk, the release you have is so quick sometimes. And those are the nights it feels like, you know, get it in my hands and I'm just going to let it go when it's going
3: in. Do you feel those moments? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you are like, I know it's going in. You know, you say that to yourself. Uh, that was the one of the nights which I was feeling, especially like second out. You know, you don't play perfect like whatever minutes you get, but sometimes when the moments come to you, you feel it. Yesterday was one of them, but I think as a team, like they also find me uh, in the second half because they know I was feeling it. So I think that was also really the opportunity for me to, again, get big in the shape, get back in the rhythm after the injury. I needed also this type of game for myself too.
2: Yeah, I will be honest, Furkan. I've been critical of your play at times over the years, so you can be harsh towards me. If I condition, I can definitely take it. You have impressive games in regular season moments. In your eyes, what needs to happen for that to – kind of happen in playoff games as well when the intensity in the game changes.
3: I mean, uh, for me, I think it's coming from defense, too. You know, whenever I play good defense, I'm getting more confidence in offense, too. And also, uh, right now, uh, we are playing a little bit different with the second unit, you know. Uh, Especially when playing Joe with the band, uh, it's different than when we play with the second unit. It's a totally different setup also for me, too. Uh, I think as a technical unit, we have a lot of potential. Uh, we can make more places. We can play better defense, which I believe, and which I don't think we showed enough to the people which we can do more. But I think overall, like for me, uh, it's about making the shots and play good defense. And then also with the technical unit, uh, make the plays more. You know, Furkan, one of the things, and I think Bro's just
0: kind of hinting, is guys who shoot the three, and that's what you guys are known for, it seems that when the playoffs get here, that position gets tougher. You know, Joe Harris, who's the best three-point shooter in the league, he kind of get, has a trouble. Kyle Korver, guys who are shooters, but it seems that you have worked on adding more to your game. Like, is that something that you've? And I just mentioned that you're 23 years old, which I was kind of surprised. You seem like you've been in the league for so long, but 23 years old is that something that you are conscious of? That you are trying to add more is putting the ball on the floor and having that little mid-range jumper and taking the ball to the basket, knowing that teams can defend you better in the playoffs?
3: Yeah, no one is giving you easy looks on the court, especially when it's in the playoffs. Uh, and also, uh, when, like I said, when you play with the Joe, Ben, the spacing is a little different. The game is a little different for us. When we play with the second, game, it's a totally different look. So that's why uh, we need to find the rhythm for ourselves. So we need to help each other more, with the, especially with the second unit. We got to share the ball more, you know. Uh, we got to play more together. Uh, and I think uh, from my my game, mid-range is going to be really important because it's second unit. We play more pick rolls you know, like especially from the top. We run a lot of pick rolls So that gives us a lot of opportunity for the mid-range game. Of course, like overall, I want to be um, like, knockdown shooter for sure, but I want to do something else. So I want to put the floor, put the ball on the floor, create for my teammates, you know. I want to be trained as a scorer, but also I want to be trained as a uh, playmaker too.
2: Since we're on the topic of specifically shooters, Danny Green, veteran shooter, been a champion multiple times. How much has he helped you and others around the team really grow?
3: I mean Danny is the one of the guys who likes to talk, you know, who likes to help you. Uh, like he knows like he makes a lot of winning plays sometimes even when he plays bad he makes like winning plays which brings you the game I think uh, that makes Dennis special you know uh, doesn't matter how many make trees whenever he's on the floor he's trying to make the winning plays uh, and also we know he can shoot so uh, on the side I'm learning from him those making plays you know like deflections, rebounds those like small things but uh, on the court bring you win uh, I talked to him like Danny is a really good person too, which you can go talk to him. He has a lot of experience in this league. I think
0: uh, it's good to have him. Uh, we're talking about Furcon Korkmaz who had a stellar game last night, by the way. And uh you look like you were kind of holding your hand there for a little bit. Is that all is that okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay. I just got hit to my elbow, but and then it was fine. All right. So 17 points for Furcon. Give us a little you you know, last year uh with Brett Brown. You guys had kind of an up and down year. You had your most minutes though. He used you twenty one minutes a game last year. What is different about the um, you know, everything around the team this year with this new coaching staff?
3: I mean, I will say this because Brett Brown, I had my breakout year last year. Uh, I think as a team like uh, we played well, we moved the ball well, you know, offensively defensive, everybody was positive. But sometimes things doesn't work, you know and then you need to change something, you want to make some changes. So I I was like, I really appreciate Brett Brown that he trusts me, he gave me that confidence. And on my third year, I got my like uh, breakout year. And then when we come to this year, we have like total different staff, total different uh, people on the organization, on the uh, facility where you walk around. But I will definitely say this, like Doug Rivers, we know him, he's like legend. And then every day we are learning something new, something new. He's giving us something new every day, and he is a big motivator. Uh, Like, when he really talks, uh, we feel different, you know? And also, like, defensive coaches, offensive coaches, uh, I think they are doing a really good job, too. Everybody's, like, positive, and the most important thing is everybody wants to win. So I think uh, everybody's on the same page. That's why we are rolling right now. I'll
0: tell you, it it just seems that everybody's got – there's a different attitude and everybody. It's like – Joel's a year older, Ben's a year older. You brought in Danny, who's a two-time, three-time champion. It just feels like there's, you know, I don't know, maybe more maturity with this with this team. And that's just with everybody that was here in the past just having another year under their belt. Do you agree?
3: I will say this. Uh, I've been with the Joel and Ben for years already in the team. We've been together. So I can definitely say Joel plays more mature on the court, off the court. Ben, in the same way, on the court, off the court. Like, they're getting older. They have more experience now. They know the game more. uh, And then they know how to communicate with the players, with the coaches now, you know. I think uh, it's really uh, big to have them. They both play, like, I think, uh, really good. Uh, Joel makes different stats. Ben makes different stats. But at the the end, I think uh, they are doing their best.
2: Do you miss the fans? Is it weird to be in that environment without that definitely. eruption? Yeah, I mean, the Wells Fargo Center, as you know, yeah. you put on a great performance there, and that place goes nuts.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Like, having uh that much people, you know, in the Wells Fargo, and, you know, Philly fans, every time they're on your back, so they got your back. <laughs> Sometimes when you play better or when you lose, it's tough, but, you know, when you win, they really get your back. Uh, it's really fun uh, to play in front of them. I hope you're going to go back to those days, but first, you know, every, day, every time you stay healthy first. Especially for a guy in your position who,
0: when you hit that big three, the place goes crazy. So you are typically in a spot when you make that big three, that building goes bonkers. So whenever you get hot and start going, it's got to be so eerie to hit that big three and get no reaction. <laughs> like,
3: if you want to get that reaction from the fans, you you either need to dunk the ball, like, posterize somebody, or just need to make <laughs> the trees. So, I am one of the making the trees mostly, but definitely I miss those times. All right. Especially but now, at this, But, Furcon, yeah. what
0: people don't realize is over in Turkey, you were like a dunking champion, right? Like, you had that posterized the other night of somebody, but that's what you, you were known for over there almost more than shooting was dunking on people, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, you know, <laughs> like he would come down right. in the, uh, you know, come down on the break and just throw one down in your face. And he did it the other night to someone, and people were kind of surprised. But Furcon's like, I do this all the time, man. This is what I was known for. Um, it's been a lot of fun this season. You guys are in first place, and obviously, you're getting you back and adding to it. It's a very deep roster, and it's been a, a whole different scenario. Obviously, as you mentioned with Doc, you're learning something new every day. But I guess we'll leave you with this. You mentioned Joel and Ben. We know how important those two guys are, but how much has Tobias really changed in your eyes? Because many people say, all right, you got Joel and Ben, and we know what those guys, but there there has to be another guy to take this team deeper. Has Tobias changed, in your opinion, and what has changed about him?
3: Yeah, definitely. I mentioned Ben and Joel because I knew when they were like, they were first. They were like first year, second year, third year. Like I was kind of with them. We grow up kind of together, you know. Yeah. That's why I mentioned their names. But like with the Tobias, I would just say this. I think he's uh, in his prime time right now. Like he knows the game. He plays so smart. Like for him, the game is so easy right now. Whatever he wants to do on the court, he just goes there and then do it. You know, he just take it. So I don't know how he does that, but game is so easy for him. He has a big size. Who can put the ball down, make some plays, like offensively, defensively? Like, defensively, he's doing a great job too. And also, I think he's in his prime time right now.
0: Like, he's he's really feeling it. Now, let me ask you, Furcon. People sometimes will criticize your defense. Were you happy to hear that you were playing zone last night?
3: I mean, uh, it's not about I'm happy or no. You know, I played, <laughs> uh, I think, the last two years. Uh, I'm doing like good job in defense. I don't think it's any more weakness for me, like my first couple of years in here. You know, I don't really uh, care about my defense right now. Of course, I'm trying to play my best. Sometimes I make mistakes. Nobody plays perfect defense, but I think last two years defense is not a weakness anymore for me. Uh, of course, zone defense helped us yesterday. Yeah. You know, when all your opponents start making some shots, making some plays, you got to stop them. It doesn't matter what is the way. And then we just find a way yesterday. That was the zone defense. And then they won the game. Well, you got Ben Simmons and
0: Thibault up on the top of that zone. It was almost, imp- they couldn't pass the ball to the one side of the court. It was like, I felt bad for them at one point. It was like they can't get the ball onto the right side of the court. It was crazy to watch that defense last night. And then, of course, Furcon Korkmaz is hitting a couple of big shots, including uh, the big bucket that put them up 107, 106. And they would not relinquish the lead. 17 points for Furcon. And uh, 7.9 points per game this year and uh, looking to get into a groove. And as he said, they're feeling it, man. It's a very confident bunch. And to, uh, Wednesday night, taking on the Charlotte Hornets right here on 97.3 ESPN Thursday night against Portland and Furcon Korkmaz. We do appreciate you calling in, man. We appreciate it. Good luck and stay healthy. Yeah, thanks again for having me, guys. Absolutely. It's Furkan Korkmaz, 23 years old. I still can't believe that I'm reading that he was only 20. I thought I figured for sure not just by physical appearance, but the fact that he's been in the league that he had to be like, you know, 25, 26 years old. Yeah, and you remember too there was that whole contract situation where they let
2: him go and they didn't renew the contract, but then he ended up coming back and returning for the Sixers. So there was a chance that he wasn't even going to be with the Sixers and they kind of brought him back and now look at him.
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned to him that hey, it's different in the playoffs and I think he realizes that. Let You got to figure out. But he said, my role is different now. We have more talent than we've had before. Right. And that's huge, for sure. It changes
2: the – and and that's one of the things. He was like your sixth man last year. Now He was the the one guy
0: on the whole team that could shoot. Yep, the only one. And now they have multiple guys that can shoot. Yeah, it's a great point. It really is. Hey, this hour of the show, we want to thank our new sponsor, Bernie Robbins Jewelers. Shop the Valentine's Day sale now at BernieRobbins.com. They are bringing you this 5 o'clock hour Of the Sports Bash, Bernie Robbins Jewelers, Summers Point, shop the Valentine's Day sale now at bernierobbins.com. Hey, that's it. We got five questions to wrap up the show, and it's coming up next. Don't go away. The Sports Bash live on 97.3 ESPN and the free mobile app powered by First Bank of CIO. And don't forget, watch the show live on our website, 97.3 ESPN.com. you dig All right. Thanks to uh furcon Korkmaz as uh, the Sixers are off tonight and tomorrow. What are they gonna do the next two nights? No Sixers or flyers either night. Well, you kind of just stole question number one, so let's start there.
2: How weird is it? We don't have what do you plan on doing? You got a new show got bachelor tonight. Oh, you got a bachelor. You bachelor would tell tonight. me off the air about some other yeah, show. Yeah, I
0: started watching your honor. It's on Showtime I think.
2: It seems like you are baffled with how much this just continues to I like- want to know how many
0: people out there are watching or have watched this show Your Honor. It's with Brian Cranston from uh, Breaking Bad. You almost have me ready to go check it out when I get home. Dude, the f- I'm only 2 episodes in and I can't wait to get home tonight, but I know the Bachelor's on that I'm going to have to watch that. Oh, for sure. I respect the hustle. But I'd like to sneak 2 episodes. This Your Honor show, the first 2 episodes are Riveting. Yeah,
2: I know that feeling when you're just like, "Whoa, I need to watch another one because I can't believe what just happened." It yeah. seems like that's your reaction. Yeah, how many? One.
0: I want to know how many people out there listening right now have seen Your Honor and are like, "Oh my god!" Like, because I'm just like, "Oh
2: my gosh!" Well, now that I think about it, I have some Canada. Division hockey to watch tonight, so I don't know
0: if I can do. I that. heard you in the Schweim on uh, Sunday going back and forth. That was a good hockey conversation. Always, I, I, your point is a good one. Schweim wants you to get to a fight when you're de- when you're winning four to one. Yeah, he's and like, I like, pissed you off enough, Billy. These guys are smart and intelligent. Yeah, they won't fight you. Right, they have nothing to
2: gain being up four to one and then dropping the club. Yeah, you're giving the other team so much momentum. It's a typical Schwimer thing to say. All right, question two here. What was your biggest takeaway from Furcon?
0: that he understood that, number one, number okay, no, my biggest takeaway is that he said Doc Rivers is a legend, and that shows you his presence is what matters the most. It's not necessarily his X's and O's or his this and that. It's his presence, and that's what I've always said about the coach. His presence, he said he's a legend, and we learn something new every day. When he walks in, you just have a different feel, like, Brett's a nice guy. He's okay. He's not a great coach. He's just a coach. He's not a legend. Doc Rivers has won championships. He played. He's got a stature. And when he walks in that room, that's different.
2: I agree with you completely. All right, takeaways from the weekend with the Fly Guys. Two wins in overtime. But here's the thing you got to remember this year about the OT. Because you play your division only, when you take a team to OT – not winning in regulation is definitely significantly different than in years past because everyone's battling. You're only playing your division. So when the Islanders get those two points while you get four, you know, it it definitely impacts the the standings.
0: Okay. There's a couple takeaways I have. Okay. Brian Elliott is continuing to play well. Yeah. That's one. Not that I'm starting a goalie controversy here, but they have the best backup goalie, maybe in the league Two, Joel Farabee gets the hat trick. And, I don't know what that means going forward, but they got a young player who I think they're leaning on a little bit more. Do you agree? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he had a four-point
2: night the first night of the season, and now he follows it up with that. Speaking of a four-point night, JVR
0: is scoring goals. He had four assists the other night.
2: Yeah. He is, like, at top five in the league right now in points. He
0: has to be. Yeah, he's tearing it up. Kevin Hayes continues to get big goals. Now, the other one, and you guys talked about this the other day with uh, Connecting. He was a guy who you thought was taking that next step, and then he's scratched. The scratch was a statement to the team,
2: though. It was like, hey, we're not playing good enough five on five. I'm going to scratch. Because A.B. said it. This is our one of our top three forwards we have, and I'm sitting them because it's not good enough.
0: So. He's pointing him out, but, but do you like that—that that he singled connecting. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I it's, mean, did connecting? But my question is, did he do something that was like, you're going to be the guy that we set the example? Yeah, he—he
2: was—he was definitely cheating in the defensive zone that allowed some of those errors to occur. Kevin Durso has been been on with us for weeks, stressing it's not just the D; it's the forwards as well. He did so. It, it really does back up the fact that it's not oh, just defense.
0: And I got one other point.
2: Ooh. Your boy, Ghost. Yeah, he's been playing well. Yes, he has. Well, here's the thing. I think because everyone else is so poor, and this isn't the takeaway from him, but because it's so bad in other areas like Robert Haig, Sin, Justin Braun, Ghost. that he's solidified because the, it's so putrid. That's no knock on Ghost, but it's that bad. I thought this is the best he's played in a while. I agree with you with that. It looks he healthy.
0: He looks confident.
2: Yeah, he does. Healthy and confident. Last I mean, night, I saw Robert Haig. This pisses me off. The score is 3-2. Flyers are up. Here's the stay-at-home D-man that has no business trying to score goals. He just walks in, rips a clap bomb as hard as he can. It hits the glass 10,000 feet wide, and it results
0: in the Islanders' scoring. What are you doing? By the way, I know uh, your boy D'Angelo. The Rangers have confirmed that he has played his final game with the Rangers. Should the Flyers have any interest? For the love of my friend, I would love for him to get an
2: opportunity in this league. So I will say, yes, he deserves a chance. But is he the the style of goalie? I mean,
0: Uh, the defender they need? Because
2: no. He's not the style you need, but I'm going to root for my boy to get another opportunity. So I'm pulling for it. All
0: right. Well, he has officially been confirmed that he will no longer be a member of the Rangers. That's shit. Hey, coming up, Josh has game night. Tony Pauline, draft expert, at 6.15. Hey, tomorrow we got a busy show. Ike Taylor, former Steelers, Super Bowl champion, Sal Palatonio, live from the Super Bowl. We'll go inside the Sixers and the PT. Have a great night,
1: everybody.